waiting here for you. That, that, that statement is... I believe, I believe somebody has been waiting. With two people. You've been waiting for the Lord. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar up like eagles. And, and I believe the Lord is saying to you, you will soar up like eagles, like an eagle. Stay in the place of waiting for you. There's another person who, who I'm gonna waiting here for you. Is it's cry? There's a cry in somebody's heart, and your answer is in Psalm 13. Can you go to Psalm 13? Psalm 13. There's something there for you that I just want you to. David makes a cry to the Lord. Psalm 13, I'm going to read it for you. How long, Lord, it's like I'm waiting for you. Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? These are like the questions you have and, and, and you, but, but we're waiting, keep waiting. Look on me and answer me, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I'll sleep in death and my enemy will say I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And this is what you need to do while you're waiting, while you still have these questions. David says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise. For he has been good to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep your trust in the Lord. Amen. Just want to go into the word again uh, with you. Just to finish off what I started last, last week. I thought there's, I gave you two points and there was a third one which I did not go into, which I had reserved for today. And then and we are moving from glory to glory. I've not forgotten where our theme is and then we need to go from glory to glory with our children. Amen. Amen. So, so I want to finish off what I, what I started last week. I said what? Catch them what? Yeah. Catch them young. Catch them young. And I want to speak today. Uh, about discipline. So we said that number one is dedicate your children to the Lord and, and pray for them, teach them the word, bring them to salvation and, and evangelize to them, dedicate your children to the Lord. Number two, we said you need to train them and training talks about teaching, supervising, modeling and helping. So you need to be there with them throughout the journey of their lives. So you need to, to guide them and show them the way. It's about training. And the last one is, is discipline. I want to talk about discipline today. 
we talk about discipline because discipline is a key area that is important in order for us to be able to keep them dedicated to the Lord and to keep them on the way that we are training them. Amen. 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 You see, the word discipline talks about being able to be, to, be, to be good at a routine and maintaining a routine. And I know some people say, well, I don't like routine. You see, routine is important in life. This is why our life has routine. They teach you routine in counting. So you start off with zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then when you get to ten, you start again from zero. Then you go eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. If you do it in English, you may not really, really understand. When you do it in Dutch, when you get to 20, to keep going on, you need to come back to the same routine. So how do we count from 20 in English? Eight, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. And then what do we do? We start again. Eine, zwei, drei, You're fucking me said four. It's routine, right? And then you get to five. And what do you do? Come on, those those of you, those, so the Dutch guys stop now. I want, I want the, 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 the non-Dutch guys. This is how we do it. It's ein and five. Twee and three and then we get to zesten. It's ein and so there's routine. If you don't discipline yourself to count in the routine, you get it wrong. Amen. Amen. In English, we say 62 and 63. You keep repeating the same one, two, three, four. You just add something to the front. But we're still in the cycle of the routine. It needs discipline. They taught us A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M. And, and no matter what you do, the order remains the Because it's the routine. Go to your keyboard. Go to your keyboard. And play me the notes that you need to play. <laughs> yeah. They are basics of your keyboard, right? So I want you to start from the bass and go to the... the you know, go, go, go. There's always, there's always a basic. Now mix them up. <laughs> there is no order in what he's doing. Now play a song. When you play a song, he now needs to make sure that the same routines are maintained to make music. Are you with me? Discipline is the same what we need in raising children. I mean, my children are not yet so old, but I realize 
that I need to maintain particular routines to enable them to make it. Play again, Jory. that we read last last week Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 18 to 21 Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 18 to 21 there is something that the Lord says that says fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads it's about discipline it's about putting things to stay where they must be. It's about keeping focus so that you do not lose sight of them. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and in your minds. How are we going to fix the instructions we give and the way of living and the, in, and, and the attitude that must be into our children? We need to fix them through discipline. Continuously do. Why were they being put on foreheads, on headbands, on a doorpost? It was so that they could continue to see them again and again. And when they see them, it's like one, two, three, four, five. You get older 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. One, two, three, four, five. It gets fixed in there. And, and then it says, teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You must be with them all through the journey and continuously telling them. Can you imagine if your father told you the same story every single day? You would end up knowing what he's about to tell you before he told you. And I was thinking about this, how, how come I am not teaching my children the Bible to the point where they will be able to tell me before I? And that's where we need to come to. And the challenge that comes through is about how do we bring discipline to do that? So, some, so I've taught my kids that you should read before you go to bed. But sometimes there is pressure and, and I want them to sleep because it's 9 o'clock, they should be in bed, they should be sleeping, should be in dreamland. 
And my daughter comes to me and says, but we have not read. <laughs> and, and, and many times when I really want, would really love that she sleeps, I think about, I should not break the should not break the discipline. So we will say, okay, we read, but just one page. And she's fine reading just one page, but not reading at all is not fine. Why? Because she says, a discipline has been broken. And so it's these disciplines that we need to establish so that our kids can follow the right way every time, everywhere. Amen. And I want to speak about those, about those things. So he goes on and says, write them on your door frames and your houses and on your gates. My God, it's moved from the forehead, from the hand, from wherever else. It's gone to the doorpost and to the, to the gate. So that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that your Lord, that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. As many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. So that your days. It should go beyond today to days. Amen. And the way to get to days is by enforcing discipline. So establish the routines. And maintain the routines. They should be good routines. And instruct them on the routines. So you train them. And, you, and, and, and you, 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 you dedicate them upon those routines that they must go to. And then also, the aspect of discipline that I want to talk about, I want you to go to a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. You find here God speaks to, to, to Samuel about Eli. Tough message. The Lord ministered. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. Go jump to verse 14, to verse 13. Let's go to verse 13. I'll, I'll, I'll start from there. And, and here is, is the boy Samuel who was ministering. Now has to give what the Lord has been speaking to him, to Eli. And this was the message that he had to give. He says, for I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about his sons made themselves contemptible and failed, and he failed to restrain them. Eli is a priest. He was a man of God. He knew God's voice. He, he was standing and, and ministering in the house, had two sons that were to take over from him. But Eli sees his sons go astray from the way that he has been teaching them. And the Bible says of, of, of Eli, I told him that I would judge his family forever. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of that word forever. Because he said, but God seems so harsh. Why do you just slay Eli and Hophni and Phineas? But it says, just going to cut off the family completely. Why? Because he knew about the wrongdoing they were doing, but did not correct them. That's why Eli gets cut off in his whole generation. And, and, I, and, and, and he, he gets cut off from the blessing. 
And now I don't want you and your family to be cut off from the blessing. Amen. Amen. And, and those of you that are yet to have children, I want you to pay attention. Because sometimes it is very easy for us to say, Oh, Eli was, how could he let his children do this? It's not easy to be a disciplined father, a disciplined mother, and keep your children under discipline. It's not easy. How many of you rebelled against your parents anyway? Let's start from the... How many of you rebelled? Daddy said, don't touch the stove. You know what did you do? You touched the stove. Yeah, where, where is Florence? I'm sure she's told great not to take the pots and pans, but now she's had to lift the pots and pans and put them somewhere else. Why? Because there is just something in us that wants to explore. And when we are told, don't do this, this is the thing that we want to I'm sure if they were to tell us, don't go to church, churches would be full. <laughs> but because we grew up being told, go to church, churches are? Because we want to go and explore what, why are they not telling us to go elsewhere? <laughs> now I'm just triggering a heart. But, but discipline is not easy. It's not an easy thing. And this is why I just want to lay it on you to say, look, even Eli, a priest, struggled with this and cost it cost him this but then the thing that goes on says he failed to restrain them did he not speak to them he did he did speak to them he did talk to them and say my sons do not be doing this do not bring shame on me but he did not restrain them he did not bring the proper discipline to them there could have been things that he could have done to spare himself because God is always merciful. And he says, if anyone comes to me and asks for forgiveness, I am more than ready to forgive. So just like sometimes your, your child does something wrong and when they say sorry, you don't always punish them as you would have given them the discipline. Because they have said sorry. I tell you, when I, when I was growing up, I used to be asked to wash the dishes and I hated washing the dishes. And so when you're washing the dishes and you don't like doing it, you know what tends to happen? You're washing very fast so that you can go and play football outside. And you tend to break things in the process. And so I would break one or two things often and my mom would flip out and often it ended up in a beating. I mean, in those days, children's rights were not the way they are interpreted today. You broke a cup, the back of the hand was your portion. <laughs> and you moved on with life. Now, if you give the back of the hand, you might end up in the prison. <laughs> no, because of children's rights. But, but that was, that was what... And then one day, one day I broke a favorite cup. And I thought this one might be two backs of the hand. I need to do something different. And I went to my, to my mom and said, I broke your cup. I'm sorry. She just looked at me and said, for the fact that this time I didn't find it in the bin myself. It's okay. I was shocked because I was expecting... But she says, I forgive you. I went out to play football with a different heart that day. But then I later inquired why I did not receive the back of the hand. And it was because she said, now I know that you understand your responsibility. You didn't catch it. 
Now I know that when you break things, you don't hide them. You own up. I know you don't like the dishes, but you do them anyway. But when you break things, the fact that you have come and spoken about it says now you are responsible about it. The behavior that was not right was the one of hiding and lying and trying to cheat. So the back of the hand was not about the cup that was broken. Those people always catch me. It, it was about it was about me coming to a behavior that was acceptable and responsible. The cup you can buy it again, but a lying and cheating child is a danger to himself and to society. I can tell you one time I I, I once stole <laughs> stole a watch. I wanted the watch and my parents were paying me a watch. So there was a guy who left his watch, I just stole it. And you know, because it was stolen, you couldn't wear it in front of the parents. <laughs> and, and, my, and my dad discovered it. One way or the other, he did. He had a belt. It was old. And was never worn anymore. But it stayed on top of the cupboard. It served a purpose. <laughs> and the day he discovered it, he said, what? My child is a thief. Come here. It was not a pleasant situation. But after that, I never stole again. No matter how much opportunity presented itself. Because sometimes opportunity presents itself. But when I remembered that belt, so afterwards, I said, Dad, can you buy me a watch? And she, oh, he bought me a watch. And I've been asking for this watch, he never bought me. Now I've stolen and he's beaten me, now he buys it. <laughs> but I now realize the belt was not about the watch. It was about... And so he says, Eli failed to restrain them. His children were, were making a mockery of the house of God. They would, the offerings would come, you know, when the offering basket comes. Instead of letting the ushers to count the offering, they would be there looking at them and say, when they see the hundred, hundred, that one, give it to me. They put it in the pocket. Take all the coins, you can go and bank these ones. Then give it to me. That's what they were doing. When the people had brought their gifts to the house of God, Instead of saying, we offer these to the Lord, they say, ah, this is the portion for the priests. Let us eat it. Even when people say, but this one has to be burned first because they have to burn the offerings. You have to burn it first. They say, why are you telling me? To? I am the priest. I want to eat the fat before it burns. And that was how bad they were. When the women came into the house, Hophni and Phineas, they would look and say, sister, Behind the curtain. <laughs> That's how bad they were. They were not even embarrassed to do it at the church. They were doing it at the temple premises. And Eli fails to restrain them. 
And therefore, this is the point that I want to raise to you. That as parents, we have a duty. Discipline is a duty. Tell your neighbor, discipline is a duty. If you are not yet a parent, put a note on this. Put a reminder. Yes. If you have a calendar, put it in your calendar. Just say, calendar, remind me in, 2020, in 2030, whatever, when I have my child. That discipline is there. It is the duty of us parents to discipline our children. To keep them in the way. It is a duty. It is, it is not for somebody else. It starts with you as a parent. Amen. Amen. And even in the society where we are, where the back of the hand may not be the option for discipline or a big black belt that you keep on top of the cupboard may not be the option. They must still be disciplined. Amen. Amen. Because there are many other ways of discipline. There are many other ways of correction. What is not acceptable is no discipline. Amen. Amen. Is the failure to restrain like Eli did. Number two thing that I wanted to take home with is that there is a motive behind every kind of discipline. And the motive of discipline is that it demonstrates your love. Discipline demonstrates your love. And so Paul teaches us this in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. Paul demonstrates, says, because you are children, God brings discipline on you. Have you forgotten the word that of, of encouragement that addresses you as son? My son, do not take light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose a heart when he rebukes you. Go to verse 6. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everybody he accepts as a son. The motive of discipline is the, the motivation of discipline is love. It is motivated by love. The love that my parents had for me, not to become a thief, not to become a cheater and a liar, is what motivated them to be able to do the things that they did. And it is the same motivation that should drive us on our children as the Lord disciplines us and shows us love. So too must we also discipline and show love. Amen. And it is the same also in church. Because sometimes some people go wrong. If, can you imagine if you had a pastor who does not discipline you? Who just smiles at everything. He's not your pastor who smiles when you are cheating on your wife and cheating on your husband. And you are sleeping around with all kinds of girls and you still come and lift up your hands in church. It's not a good leader. If all he does is accept anything, you lie through your teeth. You know, some people will lie. You can see them that they are lying, but they keep lying anyway. They will even write down their lies, send you a WhatsApp lie on WhatsApp. And then when you open their Facebook, you see where they really were. But WhatsApp says, Pastor, I'm sick. Facebook says, oh, good time today. <laughs> Lying on <laughs> And then pastor just smiles at everything and allows you to continue life as normal. 
You've got to watch it. I mean, I've, I've, I've been challenging myself. How do we see some of these things? How, what do we do? Discipline is motivated by love. And he says, as God accepts you as son, so sometimes he also puts you through punishment. He also needs to put you through a pain of correction. Number, number three. Discipline has a purpose. And the purpose of it is to bring the best out of us. It brings the best out of us. It brings the best out. So when God disciplines us, it's about bringing the best out of us. So when you discipline your child, it's about bringing the best out of them. Because if we don't, the worst will continue to be in them. This is how Hophni and Phineas moved from stealing the offering to the place where they said the burnt offering that was really already on the fire while the meat was being burnt, they said, why does God need the fat? Because the fat was supposed to be burnt for the Lord. And they said, give me the meat, it's already ready before the fat has burnt off because I want to also to eat the fat. When they come to a place where they disrespect God like that, and they're not only one, this one you can say is probably still a little bit in secret. When they've moved to the point where they steal the offering, take the meat that is not yet done on the altar before somebody's sacrifice is finished, take his wife and say, sleep with me right over here in public space, then you know that she's lost. That is the worst of him. But discipline is supposed to bring the best of, of us. Supposed to bring the jewel in you. So sometimes there may be pain, but no pain, no yeah. Number three, discipline is a direction. It points us to where we must go. It points us to how we must behave. It points us to, to how we may stay on the right path. It keeps us on the way. Discipline keeps us in the right track. And so, and so the routines, this is why the counting is routine. As long as you know A and Sestek, Tway and Sestek, Gri and Sestek, you, you know you are on the right way, you are going up. And you have to count and maintain in the path that must, you must go. The routines that we, we need to follow are there to keep us in the path until we get to heaven. Amen. Amen. And so too your children as well. You need to be able to keep them in the path. And that path comes by discipline. It comes by discipline. And, 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 and also discipline restores. It restores. Because sometimes we completely come off track. And discipline brings us there. Like I think I told you one time when, when we said to Anoti that we take away your computer. Because now all you think about is games. And he's, 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 not, he's not just playing the games. He's doing programming as well. So and the reason he got this good computer, a powerful computer, was shocked when they told me the price. But because I promised, you know, like a good father, I maintained my promise. But then with this computer, he just doesn't play the games. He goes into the programming bits as well and say, but you know, you're spending too much time on the programming that you start to miss the biology. 
He still struggles with biology, but man, he nails the mathematics. Anything to do with logic, biology has no logic, but mathematics has logic. Biology is just the way it is. The organs function just the way they function. They have no logic to it. Hormone up, excitement up. It's just how it is. But mathematics is about logic. He understands the logic. He can go in and ask, I had to struggle with my computer. And he says, I know what to do. He just played around and it worked. <laughs> I don't know how. But, but he, 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 that he can, he can understand. But then, he said, you know, you still need to be able to do all the other things. So in order to bring you back to the right place, I'm going to happily take away this one and keep it for you. What am I doing? I'm restoring him to the right path. Oftentimes God took the children of Israel into, into a place of bondage. What was he doing? It was because he wanted to restore them back to the right path. So discipline is about restoration. Amen. Amen. It brings restoration. And, and, and discipline takes away foolishness. Proverbs. You need to go to Proverbs. Proverbs. Uh, verse, verse 19. Proverbs 19. Verse 18 to 20. Proverbs 19 verse 18 to 20 says, Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Can you imagine that the lack of discipline is put in as willingly bringing them to death? The failure of Eli to restrain his children was seen as an act that willingly brought them to death. And so they died. Both sons died on the same day. And one of the wives gave birth on that same day and said, Ika, boy, the glory of God has departed. Whole house perished. Just like that. So do not, do not, be, do not be willingly standing in to the death of a child because discipline restores them and takes them out of Destruction. I also want to say this, that and, and when you discipline, and when you discipline, very important points I want you to take note of. Number one is identify what is it that has gone wrong. What is it that is, that is offensive? What is it that is no longer in track? Identify it. It is key. Discipline is not just something that you just do out of anger. It is a rational act. to correct and to bring back to the place where we must be. So, so identify what is it that is going on. The policeman does not just give you a ticket for giving you a ticket sake. He said, this and this has gone wrong, therefore you get a booting. Yeah? Your lights are not working, you get a booting. You have crossed here where you are not supposed to cross, therefore you get a booting. You have done this, therefore you, you get this consequence. So identify the offense. Be very clear about what it, what it is. Number two, explain why it is wrong. It is not wrong because you say so. Most of the time, yes, it is because they don't understand anyway. But it is not wrong. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? 
And in this day and age, where our children have, are, 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 are prone to having a lot of information, are exposed to tons of information, it is not enough just to say, because I said so. This is where they will challenge you and then you start boiling up. How dare you challenge me? They are just loaded with information. And so if you are to properly discipline and correct and bring them in the way, you must be ready to explain. Why is it wrong? And also explain, number three, explain what is the right behavior. It's not only to point this is wrong. It is also to, to buttress the right behavior. To bring back and, and say, you shall not steal, but you shall ask. Yeah? You shall not break the plate and hide it. You shall break the plate and tell me. You shall wash the dishes with a, ha with a happy heart, not a grumpy one. Because every time you do something with a grumpy heart, this is what happens. Next time I want you to know that you have to plan to make your bed so that you will not be late. Wake up 10 minutes earlier to make up your bed. What is the right behavior? Because if all we do is, is tell them the wrong, we end up with more rebellion. Having three kids, the oldest, 13, I can tell you I see that. If I only tell is the, the wrong behavior, I get more wrong behavior. But the more I affirm what is right and show them what is right and guide them to what is right, the more I see the right behavior away from the wrong. Number, number five, number four, is then give the appropriate consequence or punishment. This is why if your light is not working, you don't get the same booted or, or fine as when you are driving through a red light. What is, the, what is the fine when you drive through a red light? How do you know? You've been given one before. <laughs> and what is the fine for not getting, for, for not having a, a, a light on? Huh? It's not the same. Where is Anotida? I'm looking for Anotida. He got one recently. <laughs> His bicycle lights were not working. He got 37 euro booted for not having bicycle lights working. Going through a red light is 90 euro. Why is it different? Because you need to give the appropriate offense. If you drive at 5 kilometers above the speed limit in a 50 kilometer area, you get a higher boot than driving. Look at the car, it's 260 euros. Well, there you go. Bicycle is less, car is even more. Of course. Because a car has more consequence than a bicycle. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't pay your rentals, there is a charge that comes on top. Why? Because you give the appropriate discipline and the appropriate consequence to what it is that has gone wrong. Amen. Amen. The same thing with us. This is what the word says. When God 
disciplines us. He disciplines us out of love. And the last point is you must counsel them in love. You must counsel in love. Whatever you do, remember the motivation of discipline is, is love. Go back to Hebrews and we'll, we'll close from there. Hebrews chapter, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 8. Verse 8. I'm going to just... If you are not disciplined, then everyone undergoes discipline. Then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Verse 9. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. I just want to say to the parents, if you don't discipline your child, you risk not being respected by your children. And I leave it there for now. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? This this Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in His holiness. This is why also God disciplines us. So whatever you're going through, this is my last point for some. It may appear to be tough. And, and, and it may appear like God has forgotten you. I want to speak to you and say sometimes when we're going through this, we need to recognize what God is doing in our lives. While we are going through discipline, there is pain. And to the parents as well, disciplining a child involves you also feeling the pain. And I know sometimes as parents, we don't want to see the pain on our children that we let them off the hook. But any discipline is uncomfortable. But it's uncomfortable to bring out the best of us. Let's rise to our feet. I want us to pray for the children. Two prayer points and then we will, close. We will, we will, we will take our offering. I want you to pray for your children and pray this, that Lord, may they respond to the discipline that is given to them. May they respond in a positive way. May they not become rebellious because they've been disciplined. So I've seen some children scream and shout back at their parents or their teachers. And, 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 and you wonder, what's going on? But that will not be our children. So I want us to pray and say, Lord, we pray that our children may respond to correction. They will respond to the love that we give to them through discipline. If you don't have children, pray for those that will come. Pray for your nephews because at one point you may need to look after your nephews. And you may need to discipline them. Pray for your nieces and cousins. Pray for your brothers, children, whoever else's children. You know, may they be children that respond to, may they respond to correction. May they respond to discipline. May they respond to the correction of their father, the correction of their mother. May they respond to my guidance. May they respond to the, to the instruction that I give to them. In the name of Jesus. You, you're not praying with a passion. I don't know if you Is it because you don't love your children? But I need to pray with a passion. It's not, I, I need to feel your passion for the children. Oh, yes. Oh yes, God, we pray for our children. They will not go astray. They will not be lost. They will not be children that have no restraint. 
but there will be children that respond to discipline. Children that respond, oh God, to correction. Children that respond to our guidance, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And now I want you to pray for yourself and say, Lord, help me not to fear discipline. Just go ahead and say, Father. Come on, say, Father, Father help, me help me not to fear discipline. Fear discipline. Discipline, on me, discipline on me or discipline on others. Discipline. Let me not fear it, but let me embrace it, accept it in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, make that your prayer. Because sometimes we, we need hope to be disciplined as well. Lord, we will not fear the discipline. We will not be afraid. We will not be afraid. We will not fear nor be afraid. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we will not be afraid. But God, I will walk in your discipline and not draw back. I will not shy away. I will not be rebellious from your discipline. In the name of Jesus. And Father, when I need to discipline, when I need to discipline, Lord, help me not to fear it. Help me not to fear it. Help me, Lord, not to fear, not to be afraid to discipline. Help me not to be afraid to discipline. In the name of Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Father. Father, we thank you and we pray, Lord God Almighty, that, Lord, help us as a church. That, Father, we will walk in your way as we bind your instructions on our hearts, on our hands, on our parts as we recite them Lord help us to be able to keep to the path of, of that which you have called us to and I pray that you will help us to be good parents that are able to show the way to our children and to discipline them when it is necessary and to do it right and I pray oh God that Lord even when we are under your discipline help us that we will embrace it because it is the way by which we will share in your holiness. May we be glad that you love us enough to discipline us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.